Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is a creator-owned episode. We're going to be talking about a current Zoop campaign. I have the creator of the campaign, the writer, the illustrator, cartoonist Claire Napier joining me to talk about the magic necklace. So, Claire, thanks for taking the time. It's me. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, in this case, everyone, the... the um, the campaign's already live. It's been live for just a few days. Uh, the goal is only $3,000. Claire's already halfway there. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the project. I'm very curious because it's uh, an interesting project, to say the least. So, Claire, why don't you let uh, our listeners know, to start off the, the chat here, uh, what the Magic Necklace is about. Well, the Magic Necklace is about things that you might do if you didn't have to worry um it is a horror romance it's an erotic thriller um and i don't like to say too much um about what happens because it's very hard for me to separate out all the various elements because i know everything i know what i want people to see i know what happens i you know for me it's all very interconnected immediately it's hard to to say anything without thinking oh that will will give away this and that will give away that even though it won't it's just i can't see beyond my own nose (laughs) if you see what i mean yeah, and in a way, this ties into some uh, previous work that you've done. Um, My Love Does Not Deserve Me and Take Me to the Place I Love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you called it a, a, a horror romance. And I, I when I started looking at the campaign in preparation for chatting with you, I found that to be such an interesting intersection. You know, this idea of, of love and romance, <laughs> which hopefully all of us can relate to. But then this idea of, of fear and being afraid of things, I mean, it's, it's possible to be, you know, afraid of commitment, afraid of love. But at the same time, there are, you know, when it comes to comic stories and, and fi- fiction and fantasy, there are monsters and serial killers and things like that to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about your your interest in both genres and, and how that intersection works for you. Well, I mean, the examples that you give of things that people might be afraid of um, – regarding romance like commitment um i would probably go a bit further um and say that there is just an enormous amount to be afraid of particularly for women or afab people or trans women obviously um in heterosexual romance in heterosexuality at large um like i hashtag not all men but men kill women and often they do it in their shared homes. Um, There's a lot of um, potential to be anticipated in any heterosexual anything. Um, And that's just something that we have to sort of balance against our hopes always, Um, which sounds incredibly drastic. And of course it is, Um, which is why I think that it's ripe for use in... um, not exactly lighter stories, but romance and fun and horny stuff that doesn't pretend that that edge isn't there and doesn't pretend that, um, so I don't want to present it like no one has ever thought of this before. Obviously there are books and films and comics and all kinds of and songs, tons of songs, um, that do take a similar perspective, but, um, they're not the majority. And I think that there should be more. So, <laughs> so I'm making some. Um, 
there's just like even even from the ultimate perspective of someone who wants to be in a relationship right that classic anecdote where um someone was i think mark atwood told it but anyway someone's like what are men afraid of when they ask women out they're afraid of being laughed at what are women afraid of they're afraid of being killed like it's very binarist and it's very extreme and it's you know um exclusive and um black and white but even being laughed at is scary and if we acknowledge that that is scary then things that are worse are even worse but that you can't escape them you can't pretend that it's not a part of romance like the possibility of ridicule or mockery or upset or betrayal or misery and then there's violence sexual violence and non-sexual violence uh, physical violence and like verbal violence that there's so much to gamble on that making that a part of the story is extremely interesting and extremely ripe to me like i it's i i don't know how to tell a story without looking at that kind of thing really because it's just there like it's like if you if you draw pictures and color them in like some of them the sky is going to be blue right it's like that for me that's where i'm coming from yeah so interesting because again it goes to the relatability of the of the topic and you're right there's inherent risk in any sort of relationship and you know with that risk of being hurt or you know, either emotionally or, or even physically or killed or what have you. It's so built in and inherent, but yet we're social animals and we don't stop necessarily to always think about the risks in the moment. Um, so part of me is like, why do we ever get in relationships? But we're just so, we're just social, right? We're built that way to want to be want cared them. for and, yeah. and loved. So, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. So it, you know, and for you, it sounds like that this has always been an interest. So if we talk about, you know, we set aside the storytelling aspect for a moment and talk about visually, how do you find that balance in your in your artwork, making sure to, keep, you know, keep it fun, keep it light, give that sense of romance, but also bring in, you know, some, a sense of fear or dread or foreboding that are kind of, uh, I would say, not just typical, but kind of necessary in a in a horror book. Well, I like this question because it implies that I succeeded. <laughs> so thank you. Um, yeah, I just, I just tried. <laughs> um, I don't know that I would say that I have like a replicable formula. I just sort of tried my best in the moment. Um, how should this panel feel? How do I want it to feel? How would it feel? How can I put that in a picture? Like when a story contains a lot of emotional elements and a lot of tonal elements i think it's just natural that that would also show up in the art because it's it's coming through me and i'm having those various thoughts and feelings like this is kind of fanciful but have you seen the movie or i guess read the book um like water for chocolate i haven't but i know it's one of my wife's favorite movies so I probably should watch should it. Watch it with her. <laughs> um, so it's about this this girl, this woman who um, has this incredible talent for cookery, mm -hmm. cooking. She's a, a, the youngest daughter in a family in um, in Mexico, I think, in like the late 1900s. I think maybe a bit. No, maybe the 
whenever. It doesn't matter. The point is that her emotions sort of magically manifest through the food that she makes and it makes those emotions come out in the people who eat it and they behave in ways that that feeling compels them so she's sort of an accidental cooking witch which it like that's not that makes it sound very cutesy and, mm -hmm. and ghibli but it's more um it's a little bit sad and and hard and and desperate like it, it's a tragedy but it's also got these great um hopeful moments and fanciful moments and romantic moments and there's a it's there's a lot of feeling in that movie you don't you should watch it you should with your wife that would be lovely um but that's like the way that her feelings come out through her cooking like it's not intentional it's not like she picks this recipe for this specific result it's just that she's cooking and and what happens is like, like alchemical and i guess that's my answer <laughs> is that that's how it happens for me um i just I just try <laughs> and this is what happens. <laughs> it's hard to put it to any more like um, literal explanation. Yeah. I, I, and it certainly makes a lot of sense, you know, as opposed to going the you know, technical, well, I use this particular angle or this particular line weight or what have you, um, you know, just, yeah, built off of uh, emotion, which sort of ties in with the next thing I'm wondering. And that's the color you know, is it, do you feel like your emotions or, you know, what you're trying to convey in terms of feeling and tone in on a particular page or scene or what have you, you feel like it comes through more in the way that you set things up on the page in terms of, you know, technical, tech, uh, technically, or is it the color or is it both for you? Like, do you, what's your process? Yeah. You go through and block everything out thumbnail and then go in and refine and then color or do you color as you go along? Like talk, talk us through the way that, uh, okay. that workflow. Um, yeah, I would say it's both together. Um, the way that my process literally works is um, that I visualize it many, many times over um, to refine the story and the like mechanical components. Um, and once I have, the events firmly in mind then i visualize it again um like page form to start with it's like kind of like a movie kind of like just imagining like mm -hmm. if, I, if it's hard to um to get across because i've recently become very aware that not everybody has the same kind of um visualization equipment so i'm saying like I imagine it like people imagine things, but if they don't, then that's not helpful. Um, but yeah, I sort of imagine it as if I'm the an invisible agent also there, just watching everything happen. Then I imagine it as if that has been applied to the page and how best it can be applied to the page with like layouts and panels and visual metaphors and so on and so on. Then I thumbnail it very ugly has to be ugly because if it looks too good, then I'll feel like I've done it. And then I won't feel like I need to do it more. Right. Um, that's important. Like that's, that's genuinely, that's, it's a very important part of my process. The thumbnails have to be ugly because I don't have the humility yet to continue otherwise. Um, yeah. So once I have the full story done very badly, <laughs> um, then I, I, for this one, then I, I went to page, um, 
with a pink pen. Um, and to start with, I was just gonna use the pink to like it as a pencil essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just keep the black that I did over it. But as I drew it, I thought, no, this is working. This is how I want it to look. This is what it feels like. Um, so the pink lines you can see get more intentional past that first page um, because that is when they became more intentional. Um, but I wanted to keep the first page where I made that discovery and choice because I did make that discovery and choice. I wanted to keep the um, the genuine feeling and the genuine um, response to the process within the process because it felt thematically appropriate like finding your way and discovering what you actually want to do and what you actually want to express. That's like, that's the book. So redoing that felt silly in a way. Um, Yes. So then I I did page by page, day by day, one page a day, most days for a couple of months, Um, the pink and then the black. And then when all that was done, my sweetie scanned it all for me because I can't do scanning. It makes me just so annoyed. <laughs> I can't stand it. I, I truly, I like if I had to scan my own stuff, I wouldn't put anything online ever. Mm. Um, and then once the scanning is done, then I added the tones um, in uh, Clip Studio. And then yeah. that was that. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating to look at everybody. Highly encourage you to head over to zoop.gg and, uh, and check it out. I know this is probably, uh, because Claire is an independent uh, cartoonist, is probably uh, f- going to be a lot of you listeners, it's going to be your first exposure to it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and the line work and the choosing that pink and having, having it be kind of dichromatic is a, is a really good choice. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the story and then we'll talk about the campaign itself, but uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to remind everybody as I always do that if you, you know, first of all, go and check it out, you know, take 30 seconds, a minute, go, go and check it out. Um, but if you think it's not for you, that's fine. Or maybe you do think it's perfect for you, but you just don't have the means to join the campaign right now. The other way you can help out Claire, best thing you can do other than supporting the campaign is to share this on social media. Let's get as many eyes on this as possible. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends about it. Tell your local comic book shop about it in case they want to order a retailer bundle. Um, let's get this in front of as many eyes as possible. Because again, you know, Claire's an independent cartoonist. You know, she doesn't have this you know giant name recognition necessarily. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, a book, again, that's very relatable, talking about you know, the risks of love and relationships and what have you, not just emotionally, but like literally. Um, <laughs> but it also has those adult themes because uh, we all like our sexy, sexy time, Claire. So, uh, you know, definitely for uh, adults. But what's the challenge of of balancing that or bringing in that sexy, sexy time, but making sure, you know, do you have a line like, oh, maybe that's not, you know, the best or in poor taste or what have you. Uh, but you want to convey that. I mean, we're all you know, you and I, at least we're adults, you know, we like our, mm-hmm. our, you know, uh, intimate time. So, and that, and that's part of a relationship and that, that stuff can be scary as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, for this one, I didn't have, um, a line because if I did, the story wouldn't work. It, it mm. wouldn't be true. Um, 
there had to be complete um like an open field of options um like if i felt that i was giving myself limitations and saying i can't show that or i can't draw that or i can't they shouldn't you know like if i if i was giving myself like an overseer then i would be breaking the point um mm. because it's about you know no fear <laughs> um like extreme uh permittance this like if if well let me put it let me put it this way maybe if you thought okay well there is a line there's then it's going to come through in terms of the emotion of the story and then the the characters are like well i don't really have to be afraid because i only know it's going to go up to this point right right yeah exactly um if there was something that i like i mentioned this on on a different podcast that i was on i apologize um but i see narrative function as essentially in metaphorical terms mechanical um like if everything works together then the machine goes and putting in limits for this story would be sticking a wrench in mm -hmm. um because the interaction between the characters and the consequential interaction is so finely tuned like they're they're so um they volley the whole thing is very much conversational and challenge based and if that came up against like a wall then the game would be over right yeah um so i just thought i just i'll just do it <laughs> i just yeah i just i just um i just wanted to know what i would do if i if i didn't worry you know it's exactly the same like what would I, what story would i tell if i didn't make myself worry it's exactly the same as the text itself yeah and in that, yeah in that way again the relatability and the kind of realism of the story you know just like in in real life there's i mean anything can happen right <laughs> exactly in a relationship exactly. anything can happen even the horrible terrible stuff where you know somebody ends up dead or you know, somebody's completely heartbroken or devastated. I mean, anything can happen. There are there are no limits, which sometimes can be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can. Yeah. Um, but I, I I feel like I built in enough um, trapdoors, I guess, into mm. this story to allow the investigation of um, the scarier sides of things and the more consequential sides of things without forcing the story to bow entirely to that sense of inevitability or consequential um, doom. I wanted to, I mean, that's why, that's why I put magic in so that you can have things happen and then have them unhappen like dying in a video game. Right. Um, when you die in a video game, you don't, always have to do the whole thing again usually you just respawn from some point mm -hmm. and then you redo it and you the player remembers having died but you the character doesn't you didn't that didn't happen it wasn't real 
Um, but you, the player, learn from the death that you just experienced and you apply that knowledge to this new round. Um, and I kind of wanted a bit of that what if um, narrative option. So, yeah, fascinating. <laughs> uh, and again, relatable. I mean, who who in us that's been in relationships hasn't been like, well, I wish I could go back and do that over again. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> do it that way or say that thing. They stuck my foot in my mouth. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, about the campaign itself. Uh, again, everybody, the campaign's been live just for a few days, over halfway there, 28 days left. Um, so there'll be a link in the show notes. You can go and click. Uh, or you can just go to zoop.gg and look for the uh, magic yes. necklace. So talk to us about some of the tiers and rewards that are available, Claire. Oh, sure. Um, let me just get the page up so I can go through them in an appropriate order. Um, see, we're almost, we're almost two thirds, almost two thirds of the way there yep. on uh, day two and a half. Um, okay. So you can get the PDF, very straightforward, the comic digital form, very easy to read um 44 pages the, the 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 story is 40 the extra four are the covers but um i'm assured that that counts <laughs> <laughs> there's also a, a digital bundle of my past my two past um books which you mentioned earlier thank you uh take me to the place i love which is a um that one's 30 pages it's about dreams and romance and it, there are many similar themes, but it is a very different story. Um, it's about if you imagine, you know, that when people put a love lock on a bridge, like a padlock mm -hmm. on a bridge to signify everlasting love. Um, well, what if when you do that, that night, you and your lover are visited in dreams by a demon gondolier who wants to test the true, mm. the trueness of your love? Um, that's what that story is about. Um, and My Love Does Not Deserve Me, which is a short gothic horror about, um, in classic form, a young woman in a white dress running away from a stately home at nighttime. She's going to meet her boyfriend in the maze, and she's very worried about it. Um, you can get the comic, the print comic, which I would very much advise. Um, I'm looking forward to that myself. I believe it's going to have a nice square bound spine. So it will look fancy and glamorous on your shelf. Nice. Uh, there's also a book plate, which I have promised to sign with my little name. I'll probably do some silly little drawing or something on some of those as well. Um, maybe yours, who knows? There's a mega bundle, which has everything. So I should have left that till the end because I haven't mentioned everything yet. Uh, there's an art print, which um, I drew, <laughs> obviously, um, which is uh, the two main characters in a more metaphorical um, tableau. There's a T-shirt. There are some sketches that I have done of um, the various inspirations that are listed in the front of the book. Uh, there's project critiques, which... Um, Honestly, you can just get me to do that anyway, because most of the time my job is being an editor for comics. But if you want that, get it here. Why not? Um, there's a retailer bundle and then there's a tip jar where you can just give me a dollar or something, which I would love. You know, who doesn't like a little a little tip now and then? 
Yeah, fan, fantastic. Uh, everybody, Claire's art is so unique and interesting. So again, highly encourage you to go and check it out. Uh, so kind of as we're winding down here, Claire, I, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the Zoop community itself. What mm-hmm. made you choose Zoop um, as the kind of platform to to promote this? And, you know, your your fan base and building a community and uh, and that sort of thing, which Zoop is, is, uh, is really good at and hopefully... Um, you know, you have people that follow your work and they're, uh, they're showing up here. So I know that's kind of all intertwined, but uh, talk a little bit about that, uh, if you will. Well, sure. Um, the reason that I went with Zoop is that they asked me. Um, I love being asked because it means I don't have to, you know, sing for my supper. Um, <laughs> they said they'd seen that I was talking about this book, doing this book. I'd nearly finished the line work at the time. They sent me a DM. They slid in. Um do you want to do it with us? And I was like, well, I don't really feel like this is the kind of book that you do because much of their stuff is very sort of classic um, monthly American comics shelf stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. No one's going to want this. Um, And they were like, no, 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 no. Of course, of course we're we're willing to, to host that. Of course. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not sure. Um, there's some quite big penises in this book. Is that fine? Because I thought that would put them off, you know? I right. was, like, mm-hmm. trying to scare them away so they would prove how much they wanted me, um, <laughs> which wasn't a purposeful, like, mission of uh, discovery. It was just good old psychology. Um, yeah, so they said, send us the penis. And I said, okay, but I was too shy, so I didn't for a month. <laughs> Um, and then they came back and they were like, I thought you were going to send me that penis um, so we can check that we're okay with it. And I said, well, I kind of just thought that you weren't that interested. And they were like, well, no, we are. So I, I sent them the damn thing um, and they said it was fine. So I really couldn't see any reason not to uh, to keep going. Because it's it's very scary being, um, being a cartoonist, frankly. Um, no one tells you to expect any money any fans or friends or interest um it's awful and um trying to pitch things is even worse Mm -hmm. so being asked is the ideal thing um because it sort of preloads a little bit of self-esteem um you can sort of build up yourself from that first step it's very helpful I would advise all commissioning editors everywhere to do a little bit of approaching people. I always tried to do that when I was editing at Women Write About Comics, which I did for a few years. Um, Because it's just not nice to have to always try and convince people that you're worth something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just isn't. Um, Being asked to to join in is always going to be preferable. So thank you to Zoop. yeah, well, well. <laughs> it kind of goes back to something you were talking about earlier, right? Where, you know, there is that risk, there's that fear. Uh, mm, when you yeah, ask somebody, they're going to say, you know, they're going to say no. And that's sort of like pitching, right? If you're an independent, you're, it, it can be, observation. yeah, it can be, I imagine, disheartening to, you know, constantly be rejected. <laughs> as, yeah. Well, frankly, I don't try. So because I simply don't want to experience that. Right. I'm aware that it may go much better 
but I have no proof. So I hedge on the side of, well, I'll just manage right. um, in this area, at least. Um, small growth at the increments which allow you to feel comfortable, I think is just as valuable and perhaps better than um, large growth at great emotional risk. Right. At least at this point. That could change. (laughs) Yeah, that could change in in the future. Who knows? Uh, But again, highly encourage everybody go check it out. Uh, It looks super interesting. Um, And with my chat with Claire here today, I'm more interested than ever in checking out the story. And I'm wondering, will I? Is this a book I'm going to be able to read start to finish, or will there be moments where I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to set that down for a little bit? I think it depends where you are. And I, I wouldn't say more than that. Yeah. That, and that's fair. You know, that's fair. There's, you know, where you are in your relationship and your life it may affect, you know, different readers in different ways, which is the other thing that's so great. One of the things I love about comics and sequential storytelling, it's, it's your ex- life experiences that are brought, you know, to the page and your emotion and what have you, which intersects with what I as the reader bring. And so Absolutely. it's, it's, yeah, it's always but a I unique. Was speaking more literally, honestly, I mean, like physically where you literally are, like, don't read it in public, but if oh, you're alone, I see you can saying. probably <laughs> breeze right through it. Well, that's a good point as well. But yeah, typically, <laughs> typically I do read in the comfort of my own home. So we'll see. Uh, but as we're winding down here, Claire, uh, if anybody does want to reach out, if they have questions about the project or your previous work, or just want to, uh, think you know love the 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 way you talk and and want to reach out and and chit chat where's the best place you have a a presence at all online social media or what have you i'm really off it um i'm on twitter at illus claire i'm on tiktok at claire napier okay and a couple of other places but they're all findable via clairenapier.com very gotcha Fair enough. And I'll put a link to Claire's website in the show notes as well as a link to the campaign, everybody. So go click there, check out the website um, and definitely check out the campaign. So uh, as Claire said, almost two thirds of the way there, only two and a half days in. And I haven't put my bid in yet, my pledge. So I'm going to go do that now. Um, What are you waiting for? I know. right? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, thank you so much, Claire, for joining me. Um, Thank you. And best of luck with uh, the campaign. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to you listeners, we want to thank you for joining us as always. We really appreciate the support uh, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.